If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Build Your Brave Career Podcast, where we flip the script on the tired stereotype that women in and around the tech industry have to be stressed out, overworked, and underpaid. I'm Nicole Trick Steinbach, the International Bravery Coach and your host. Forget what you've been taught. Bravery is not a personality trait available only to the brash. Bravery is a skill and you already have it, which is great because building the skill of bravery is the most powerful way to creating the career and life you really want. As you build your brave, you will stress less, work less, and then earn more. This podcast will help you do just that. Let's dive in. Hey there, welcome to this episode of this podcast. And Eagle Eyes have picked up on the name change and now it's being formalized. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, this shift in the name is part of my response to your feedback the feedback that you want to hear more specific career advice and more guests who are currently working inside of their corporate, governmental, or nonprofit tech or STEM-related careers. Now, if you are a person who would like to be a guest on this podcast, pop me an email. Nicole at tricksteinbach.com. Our guest conversation today is with Sita Lakshmi. She is a developer relations professional. Inside of our conversation, you are going to learn what that function is, why it matters, and how Sita grew into that unique and impactful role. There are two key learnings I want to suggest to you as we go into this conversation. Number one, Sita shares how she doesn't wait for things to be bad. Instead, she moves towards her curiosity. And she does that by sharing a very provocative quote. I'm not going to spoil in the intro. You get to listen to it on the episode. And the second thing is that this is Sita's very first, and I hope not last, 
podcast guest conversation. So please make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn and let her know how much you enjoyed this and how she helped you consider your goals and the size of your goals. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. We have a guest today. Sita Lakshmi is joining us. She is a senior developer relations engineer. And as soon as I met Sita and we had a short conversation during the Grace Hopper Celebration 2023 through Anita B, I actually asked her to please come and share what on earth her job is why it matters, and then a brave story from her career. So welcome, 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 Sita. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so super thrilled to be here talking to you and your incredible community that you've built. It's just so amazing. I've heard a lot of your podcasts binging over it, and the way people have been sharing their brave stories, it really did motivate me to come and share because this is my first ever podcast, so... Excited at the same time, <laughs> nah, knows about it. But yeah, thank you for the introduction. I'm so excited to be your first podcast conversation. I am so excited. Thank you, actually, for the opportunity. When I met you at the Anitapi uh, or Grace Hopper celebration, it was so such an instant connect, and the way mm-hmm. you mentored me. Like we had a quick conversation of like 30 minutes, I remember, but the insights that you shared, I took them back with me and applied in my job. And I was like, wow, okay. I definitely do need a community that can help fellow women grow. And so thank you. Uh, I love meeting you and to meet you today. And we haven't even said what your job is yet, but we're just celebrating all the things. You were just promoted. Yes, it's been a week. But yeah. (laughs) So tell us, what is a senior developer relations engineer? What is it that you do? I can go on and on about developer relations, but yeah, let me start. I think of developer relations as a culmination of three things. Basically, customer empathy, engineering, and a passion for communication. Mm. And it feels like we are bridging a gap that has existed in software engineering for decades. And magically, on the way we picked up, hey, there's a gap that's present and we need someone to fill that. And that's how I think DevRel was born. Like when I joined as a developer relations a couple years back, I didn't know what the role was. I had to buy a book from the Amazon to read about what it was and then give the interview. So, but, (laughs) yeah. But as and when I, you know, started onboarding to the job, I realized pretty quickly how amazing it was Mm. and the wide spectrum of things that you can do. Like, for example, a typical software engineer role that, like, we know is basically coding or mostly coding. But at DevRel is, it's a spectrum of things that you can pick and choose what you'd want to do. Like, for example, a month you don't feel like coding? Yeah, sure. Why not? Go create some podcasts, YouTube videos, shots. And then the other month you create 
marketing materials for newly released features. And another one, you write a blog post or you start coding again. So it's like, okay, I can do anything I want as long as I'm, you know, talking about technology and my domain. It's just such a freedom to constantly think of new ideas and new ways to engage with developers in the community and to advocate on behalf of the products. Yes. I have to pull out, and then I have a follow-up question. I have to pull out, you started before you were ready. I just really want to hammer this for our audience. You bought a book to figure out for an interview, for an opportunity, for a possibility. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is following the curiosity and starting before we're ready. And that is a huge part of bravery for sure. So we just want to pull that up for sure. So what makes developer relations different from like product management? That is a great question. I've seen people ask this question many times in like probably many different formats. They mostly equate dev- developer relations to testing but no it's not testing (laughs) it's not product management (laughs) it's probably a bit of everything that's how i'd like to think let's take an analogy for example if you're in a hospital for for something you'd want to talk to a doctor who's qualified you don't want to talk to the marketing person of the hospital about what services i mean do they offer or what uh diseases they treat. So it's like when you're talking to developers, you need to be a developer. You need to have experienced the tools, run those things to talk knowledgeably about it. So essentially, you are a developer or an engineer who has used the tools, but has a passion for communication, teaching everyone, and can also have a lot of empathy and advocate on behalf of the users. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Now, correct me where I get this wrong. So if I think of it from, so I love to think about the goal and the end perspective. So for example, a product manager is really looking at those KPIs, those key performance indicators, the revenue, the release cycle, et cetera, for a product or a specific suite of products and a develop and that success. Yay, it's, you know, it's released, it's working, people are buying it, we're starting to see some profit coming in or revenue coming in. And a developer relations, the success is around elevating the role of developers, the skill of developers, so that the gap between a developer's experience and what they're putting out and what some other function slash customer needs and desires today, but also what I think is really cool is strategically, like how you guys are thinking so far in in advance, right? Into the future. That is then success. That is a great way to think about it. There's a popular slogan in developer relations called, help us help you. Mm. It's basically for you to be successful, let us help you. Let us give you all the tools that you would need yeah. to use our services effectively. Let us be there to coach you because we've been using the tools. We know where the friction points are. But we know what you could do differently. And it basically saves you time. And yes. 
that's that yeah. is the metric of developer relations and that's also partly why it's difficult to actually put it into a tangible number mm-hmm. because how do you measure success of a developer relations engineer right yes it's about customer satisfaction it's about their <laughs> happiness the csap score so yeah 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 it's kind of like you know during the pandemic people at the very beginning of it a lot of people and i have a lot of um scientific researchers a family friend is actually was one of the key researchers for covid still in 2019 and 2020 and people kept saying like when we do this work now when we stay at home now when we wear masks now when we wash our hands now when we uh, six feet all the things we don't know what we're going to prevent we're never going to have that clear clear number but we know that doing this effort now has that positive impact later even if it's not tangible and so it takes a mature person in 2020 as an example to be like wow okay i'm going to be uncomfortable because i am doing something now to create a positive and it takes a lot of maturity in an organization to have a developer relations team because they have to be willing to invest resources brilliant people like yourself then all of the travel that people tend to do to give speeches and do the research and the voice of the customer and all that stuff mm-hmm. even though you can't tangibly say well we saved 25% in product right yes absolutely because there is not one number that you can come up with saying okay yeah. i was responsible for you know raising our customer base by a uh, 100000 last month you can never do that right you can you you never know who's using the code samples yeah. um it's all like you mentioned a far fetched strategy and a hope that it's going to be helpful for someone somewhere mm-hmm. and we would have saved their time so that it becomes easier for them to use our tools and services Absolutely. and it does take a lot of courage i would say just being a bravery podcast it takes a lot of courage for someone in the leadership chain to actually go ahead and create this team invest and continually see results from the team because at the end of the day you can only get it via your customer's happiness and agreed yeah. agreed it takes a mature leader for sure 100% yeah Oh my goodness. Okay, so we've covered developer relations. I now have like 15 people who are listening who are like, "Ooh, I want to be a developer relations. That sounds like fun." <laughs> I've got, you know, the customer empathy, the engineering skills and the passion for communication. So very exciting. So you're going to connect with Sita for sure. What brave story did you want to share with our audience today? I did think a lot about this because I I probably don't know if I have a single brave story to share but I caught multiple small ones for sure. Let me start with something that I thought I would never do in my career. It was the switch that I made from being a machine learning engineer to a developer relations engineer. Mm. I was working on the core of deep learning, machine learning right when it started to boom. around when the transformers paper came in and there was a huge rush of everyone wanting to learn ml i was working on it 
and that was a huge i could call it dopamine rush because you get to work <laughs> on the cutting edge but transitioning from that to a role that i didn't know what it did was such a big thing that i never expected to do but i was i thought somewhere i felt the need to find my ikigai or the purpose mm. of what am i interested in and mm-hmm. probably somewhere i thought okay this is not my cup of tea even though it's exciting everyone wants to do it but this is not probably me yeah. and i started to explore what more could i do and i accidentally stumbled upon this role and it said do you like communication are you into technology <laughs> yes i'm like yes to both and i want this <laughs> and that was actually where i extended the opportunity to you to come on here because in our the first time we talked I was I was just fascinated and you're like actually things are good. I just want to know how to make it even better. I want to make sure that I'm I think you even said things like I'm connecting with the people I want to be connecting with. I'm leveraging my voice. I'm helping other women in technology because things are good for me. And I was like what? Yes. We need to amplify this. I have a a different podcast episode called Investing in the Green Zone like we don't need to wait for for example in your your case that you despise machine learning and you think it's a scam and you're exhausted and your boss is calling you the wrong name and god knows what else you can actually be like wow i'm at the beginning of this i'm learning so much but what is my purpose and then begin the process from an energy a leveled an energy situation to make a shift that is, I know you said that this is a small thing. I always know when women say, oh, it's just a small story. I'm going to be like, oh, goosebumps. <laughs> because so few of us have been conditioned and trained and have the experience of doing exactly what you're talking about. We wait until things are bad. And then we're like, oh God, I have to solve this problem. When we can actually say, oh, things are, things are good. And I'm feeling this pull. I'm feeling this whisper and begin to follow along with that. So powerful and so incredibly brave. Thank you. Thanks for that. But I think I have a lot of support in you know doing that. I owe it to many people who actually pushed me. They, like you mentioned, things were comfortable. They were a pretty smooth yeah. place. And I could have stayed there if I wanted to. But I think curiosity is... the root cause of everything good so it's like no i'm not i'm not settled here i'm not i'm not doing the best that i can do for myself i think it it also came from a quality of my mother like, you know this story so i caught chopped the google and i told my mom she was so happy for me and but you know what's the first thing she asked me she's like okay what do you want to do next i don't want you to get settled I was like, "Mom, I just got the job." She was like, "Yeah, I know. But you got to think about what's next." Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I have a crush on your mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> mom, I'm also a mom, and that is beautiful. So the celebration and then the, yeah, so let's make sure you just keep that north star. Oh, wow. Exactly. exactly. I I've read somewhere 
small dream is a crime mm. i think you got to push yourself constantly forward even when things are good things are fine then that means it's a problem you you are getting too comfortable and you don't want to be there you got to change mm. it now talk about that a little bit more because since i've spoken to you before i have a sense of what that means to you and i also know that i think it's like every 3 out of 5 full-time people in technology show significant signs of burnout. So I know that that's not what you're talking about. So tell me more what that means for you. When I th- I think it's a great um point to address because like the way the world is moving forward there this good work life balance in many areas but it's significantly opposite in few others yeah and i was surprised to read a news that came out yesterday which said in a, in a company i don't want to name they mandated 70 hour work week i was like no that's not yeah. what yeah. you should be doing because you can have passion for something um, a lot of passion for your work but that doesn't mean you have to you know put in 15 16 hours a day kind of yeah amount of work into it it i think it is also a long term strategic investment on your health mm-hmm. and also on your on your career because you're not going to be able to sustain it try doing it that's for like right six months and then that's out right. of nowhere your productivity slumps and then to catch up after the burnout is a costlier mistake than to actually maintain a steady state and pace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and even if you don't burn out. So I didn't actually burn out to to the clinical levels, right? So I was working, yeah, I was working that much. And I didn't count travel time. I was a global consultant and I didn't count travel time cuz I am 42, I'm about to be 43. So we didn't have Wi-Fi on the planes. We didn't have smart I mean we had Blackberries. Blackberries were so cool back then, right? and while i may not have ever had a clinical burnout the impact of that on my entire life like my hormones were jacked for years i almost was dumped because i was working so much the quality was so bad and when i began to say no and to yeah have bigger dreams without working myself to as the germans say the knochen the bones that's when the quality shot up that's when the creativity shot up that's when the innovation shot up and that's when my career really took off it was a really significant shift yeah absolutely i think this is another form of bravery mm-hmm. because realizing that you matter is more important you need to take the space and the time for yourself before you can contribute towards your passion. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yes. That falls in so my build your brave framework has three parts, clarity, momentum and accountability. And what you just mentioned falls into accountability. Who do you want to become? And being accountable to yourself and making the decisions that shift you there. Most of my clients really struggle to say I matter. True. This also resonates with what we've heard in the Grace Hopper celebration. Yes. 
because it's so powerful to see so many women coming and talking together about their shared experiences. Yes. But one thing that really stood out was how common it is for us to think ourselves small and make mm-hmm. ourselves feel small mm-hmm. in a room of powerful people. Mm-hmm. And disproportionately women tend to do that. Yes. 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 It's it's interesting, right? So there's this metaphor about what are they called? Crabs in a bucket. Like if you put a bunch of crabs into a bucket in trying to escape, they'll be constantly pulling each other down. And the pattern of men is they become more and more grandiose. So first they run a project with five people. And then the next time they tell the story with other powerful people, it's seven and then it's 10 and then it's a million dollars. No, it's 10 million. Like the grandiosity grows in a situation with crabs in a bucket. Women actually have the opposite. It's smaller, minimizing just a little, perhaps maybe. And we do it to each other. Yes. I I can't stress the importance of having your own women community and support mm. system around. Mm-hmm. Because I realized in recently in many of my meetings that involved my team, I always started a question with an apology. Sorry, can I ask you another question? I was like, sorry, I'm taking your time. But here's one last question. It's like, no, I gotta stop doing yeah, that. Exactly. I need to take the time I need to repress in myself and believe that yes. I am worthy of asking a question. That's what the meeting is for. Yes. Right? And we started forming a small group in in my team of mm-hmm. women technologists, and we constantly try to spot each other's mistake. Hey, no, you're saying sorry in the meeting. Don't do that next time. So yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is There's a empowering. There's a a theory. It's from two women leaders. I'm forgetting their name right now. I will put it in the show notes. I promise. It's called the shine theory, shine and amplify. And it's when women utilize the shared numbers to shine our lights onto each other and say, Hey, she just said X, Y, Z, or Hey, Sita had a great question. Or in leaving that meeting, someone saying, oh, Sita, I really appreciate how many questions you ask. And you get elevated, but more importantly, the other people around you get that implicit value of, hey, it's really important she asks these questions. That's what leadership looks like. 100%. It's even more important because we don't see a lot of representation of women in the leadership chain. I think that sentiment echoes everywhere and in i'm referring to the opening keynote by brenda darton wilkerson again when she asked can you name me two women technologists of our time yeah and how many of us were just blank we could name many male technologists like starting from elon Musk, like we can go on and on but yeah like naming a women was really hard, but that doesn't mean we haven't contributed anything. We've done yes. amazing things from the start, like Ada Lovelace. Yeah. Like high right. kind of things. But that's right. Why aren't we remembered more, even though we contribute to such a sad reality? Mm-hmm. And the more we are aware of it, the more mm-hmm. people around us are woke to it, 
mm-hmm. that is when a true change can actually happen that's right you start no- you start to notice small things and then you can go to your leadership chain and be like hey we don't have a proper representation of women in our team do you think we could be more inclusive the next time yes i think being aware is the key to closing the gap Yes, 100% and staying with it in our own way cuz uh, when we talk about burnout and like small dreams being a crime, right? Having a bigger dream. Uh, part of small dreams to me is creating a dream based on what someone else thinks is successful and then trying to do it like the other people have done it. No, my friend. No yourself, who you are, right? I have this octopus behind me for everyone that's listening. If you've never seen me on video, it's in all my videos. I have this woman and she's in a full bikini. So it's like a full cover bikini and she has an octopus brain and that repels so many people. Good. Because I'm out here creating success in my own way for the people who are pulled towards that, right? And also you know, we are allowed to be challenging and provocative in our own way. Now I'm incredibly direct. I'm very directly provocative. I lived in Germany for a long time, but it also made me very successful. And so recently I was in a conversation and I knew the press was there and I knew that the person who created the technology, her pronouns are she, her. And the person who kept getting all of the questions was an investor. So I actually provocatively said, can we please direct the technology questions to the technologists? That is this person. But when the press came out, guess what it was all about? The white dude, the white dude. And those are the things that we have to notice and push on with our bravery and with our compassion for each other. So speaking of each other, because... I could keep talking to you forever. We know that. Who is the brave role model you wanted to share with us so we can keep that inspiration going? Sure. I think it's without a doubt my my mother, my mom. Yeah. I think the part of core values, which I take forward even now, is from her. Like, we're not talking about someone who's had great education degrees and you know a great amount of experience she was she was a homemaker for most part of her life like going to the business that my family owned and then just overseeing it that was what she did she didn't have fancy degrees or anything but when there was a situation when she had to move out with me and my sister I've seen the women pick herself up from nothing mm-hmm. and become successful business women. Like over the course of years, like five years, she started multiple small businesses, which she closed. She failed. She closed them. And then she said, we'd start a new business again. Oh, I've gosh. seen her do this like over and over until she like really became successful in her final interview. But, you know, this showed me and my sister the amount of strength and the resilience that she had. Yeah. So it's definitely her. I There's this thing that she would say always. When you fail, don't think about the failure. 
it's not a regret, but the amount of time you spend reacting to it yes. and the power you give to it, that should be only regret. Mm. You can ponder over it. You can take a day or two to think about it, learn from the mistakes. You're allowed to be sad, but it's only for a limited amount of time. That doesn't get to define where you're going or what you want to do in your life. Be sad, be done with it, and then think, what's next? Where do we go from there? Oh my God, I have chills. Yeah. I have chills. It reminds me of that quote from Nelson Mandela who said, I never fail. I either win or I learn. Yes. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Fall down uh, 70 times, get up 71. True. And Mm. that's a powerful mindset to have because when you're in that space of mind, I don't think anyone can defeat you until you give up. No one has the capacity or the power to put you down that's to right. break you down that's right because you're going to get up every time that's no right. matter what happens to you oh my gosh oh my gosh that's right and the, another element that seems to be woven into her experience and and what you learned is so she kept trying and she allowed herself to feel those feelings be sad and learn and then try again and it seems to me like she was focused on who she is versus what she is or what she does. And in my experience, which is a ton of women all over the world, my experience, the women who are focused on who they are and who they are becoming are the ones who figure out the what in a way that matters for them. What a beautiful story, a beautiful role model. Oh, thank you. I, I'm grateful to have had her as part of my life, mm. you know, and for all the teachings from her. Uh, and it's so true, the point you mentioned. Like, think about who you are rather than what you are. Because I've seen people tell me, Mom, you can't have it all. She was a woman of, like, multiple interests. She would be doing her own business, but she was also interested in arts. She was interested in finance. She even contested in a local political election. Oh my goodness, like I love it. A woman it. from nowhere. And people were like, why are you trying to do many things? Mm-hmm. Stick on one. Why do you want to do everything? But no, you yeah. you define who you are, what makes you happy. That's right. No one gets to tell it. No one can tell you can't have all. You can, and even more. So true. Yeah, I I love, and I'm actually building this skill right now. This is not a skill I intrinsically have. I have to put work into it right now. But when I get feedback like that, thank you for telling me who you are, because that has nothing to do with me. How can people connect with you, stay up on your incredible growth, celebrate your promotion? Yay. Where can they connect with you? Sure. Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. You can find me um, by my name, Sita Lakshmi Sangameshwaran. Hit me up there. Let's connect and let's take this incredible community of women um, forward. I'm so excited to have connected with you, Nicole, and for the time that you've provided me to share my story. It's empowering because I know for a fact that I can talk in a podcast now. Yeah, I, I do have things to share. So I believe this would 
you know, be, be a motivation to everyone who's thinking, should I go on a podcast? It's my first time. I'm nervous. Yes, you can. Yes. And your story matters. It's powerful what you want to share with the world. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was the best wrap up I've ever had. Thank you so much. <laughs> Until next week, everyone. Bye. If the Build Your Brave Career Podcast is helping you flip the script in your own career, if it's helping you reduce your stress, work smarter, or create more income, please share this with a friend. Till next time, you are already brave. Now go build your brave.